Hello, this is Pastor Paul, and I'm an associate pastor at Living Word Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to say thank you for joining us today, because I know the word from Pastor Doug will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the word. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody. This is coming at you Sunday morning. I'm actually recording Saturday night. Uh, it was a tough decision to not have service this morning, but it just had to happen that way. With so many out and so many exposed, it was the only thing that made sense. So I'm out of my natural element. I would say it's a lot more comfortable for me in the pulpit. You're comfortable at home today. At least I hope you are. We're praying for everybody that your recovery is quick. And if you're just under quarantine and had exposure, that praying and hoping most don't get sick and have any issue at all. But if you are, you're building immunity and they say that that changes the game for everybody for the future. So God be with you. I know that he is. But today, as I consider you know, what to talk about, I'm really sharing the same thing as though we would have had a, a service together. And it's, it's to help us choose and maintain a right focus of what really causes uh, faith to work in our lives, causes our relationship with God to bring about tangible results in our life. You know, we're in a relationship with the Lord that should be as fruitful and even more productive and more fulfilling than any relationships we have with humans, human beings in this life. It should be as fulfilling and as, as close to a husband and wife relationship as we're ever going to experience. In many ways, our relationship with God should be the, the learning ground for all of our other relationships. When I consider the, the, the plan of God for our lives in a bigger picture, that's what I wanna talk about today. I believe it'll bring encouragement on the short term while you're at home convalescing or you're at home just because there's not a service and you're watching this uh, broadcast. You're gonna get some things that will help you in a general way just live with a focus that really pleases God. You know, our, our desire should be to please him because we love him, but his reward is, is to benefit us because he recognizes the work of our heart, the condition of our heart, and our overall attitude. I've learned for, for years now, observed this in my own life, my focus and what my focus is will relate directly to my attitude, both short-term and long-term. So today would be about focus and about attitude and about serving the Lord with a whole heart and the rewards that he has in mind. If we're not supposed to so much look at a scripture and pick out a promise and meet the conditions of the promise and then kind of become hard-fisted with our faith and expect God to move, it's not really a kind of faith that works by love. The kind of faith that works by love is, is the kind of faith where it starts in our heart with a desire to please God, to love God, to, to do what honors him, knowing that his role is to ever look into our hearts and into our lives to find a way to reward us. So we literally from the heart give him something to work with. We can do that when we're sick. We can do that while we're at work. We can do that at any time in our life, but just doing a, a heart check of our motivation and as we consider ourselves Christians or being like Christ, what is that really? 
You know, Jesus had a, a model life for us in loving the Heavenly Father. And he said that if we look to Jesus in, in the right way, we will have seen the Father. We'll know how to relate to the Heavenly Father. So today is about that. And I, I want to consider first a verse in Luke 10, 19, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And I, I periodically look at and refer to this verse when, when I'm teaching, especially in the last year, because Jesus said, behold, or I want to get your attention, guys. He's talking to his disciples. I give you power, which is really the word authority. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the works of the enemy all the power or dunamis of the enemy, anything the devil can throw at you to try to throw you off. It's the word dunamis that the, the enemy has. We think of that as the power of God, but it's also the kind of power that the devil has to try to make things sensationalized, to make them bigger than they are, to instill fear. It's the kind of dynamic power that works toward darkness. When I think of COVID and all the sickness and the concern for economy, everything that's happening right now, I know that the enemy is up to his kind of dunamis. It's the counterfeit of what God had in mind for us to experience with the power of the Holy Spirit. But dunamis is considered the power of darkness. And Jesus is telling the disciples in this passage that he's given us authority over anything the power of darkness can throw our direction. So as I pray for you today and, and the sickness and the different things going on, we're going to take authority over all the works of the enemy, in, including COVID and flu and sickness and isolation and loneliness and all the things that are, are, are happening to people. We're going to come against the effect of that so that it doesn't take away from our, our life, our ability to please God, our, the, our ability to be joy-filled and have a good time in life. We, we can make a decision. I've been around some people in my life that are happy no matter what because they choose to be. Sometimes people are so sick you wouldn't know they're sick except the general look of being unwell because their attitude is so great. Many times those folks end up experiencing healing or the surgery works out. I just see the positivity in them has a, a deep, it's coming from a deeper place, coming from their inward man and, and a determination that they have. When we make those determinations, it changes our life focus and our outcome changes. I learned in business and I've, I've seen in ministry and in personal life, focus really sets the stage for what kind of outcome. It puts us in a proximity to a kind of outcome. And the more positive our focus, the more likely we're going to have a better outcome than we would the other way. But Jesus is talking to the disciples about taking authority over the works of darkness and the works of the enemy. And that when we do, uh, he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I want to pray that as we begin this morning, that we will take authority over anything that he's trying to do. Because I, 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 as I observe things, it's not just the sickness and the things that people are experiencing at a personal level, but the very, the, the very fact that it's so widespread that Today, you know, our worship team is, is almost entirely uh, out for exposure or recovering. Um, all my tech guys, uh, all my, my pastors are all at home dealing with uh, isolation and, and uh, sickness or whatever. So I'm not a tech guy. You can tell that by looking at me on the screen. This is on a laptop. There's nothing flashy about it. There's no way to doctor it up or make it anything special. It is what it is. Uh, but the word is true and real anyway. 
So I want to pray, if you will, wherever you are, grab somebody's hand if you can. I mean, maybe you can't touch hands. I've got to remember that. But uh, do come into agreement with anybody that's there with you. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and your goodness and your mercy in our lives. We know you're good all the time. Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you taking hold of the very authority that Jesus gave his disciples. We know that he gave us that same authority over all the showy works of the enemy. So Heavenly Father, this morning we take authority over the works of darkness and the works of the devil in Jesus' name, that there will not be any harm come to us in any way. Father, I thank you that every person recovering will recover fully. Father, every, every person in isolation because of exposure is going to experience your presence this morning, your richness this morning, and no matter what comes our way, Heavenly Father, we thank you that nothing shall by any means, any source, hurt us in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the power that's in the name of Jesus. Father, for the cleansing and purifying work that's in the blood of Jesus, and we benefit in every way, every day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can relax now because I believe that's the kind of praying that, that when we take authority, we can determine what the outcome will be. Jesus said the outcome will be nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I believe that today. I'm taking a, an Old Testament text today because I can do this in a, a shorter amount of time just using Isaiah 58 this morning as, as one of the passages, but it'll really be the only other place that I'm looking at in Scripture today because if you're not feeling well at home, the last thing you want is for pastor to go long today, and I recognize that, so I promise I'm not going to. But if you've got your Bibles or your phone and you've got an app, look up Isaiah 58. I'm going to be in Isaiah 58, beginning in verse 6, and I'm going to cut to the chase on some things rather than deliberate over long, long verses and reading everything out. But Isaiah 58 is talking about what our life in God should be because we choose what Scripture calls a fast or a fasted life. That just means we live in a way that we don't do what everybody else is doing because we choose to honor God. A fasted life is something that we choose, and we choose it by degree. We choose how committed we want to be. And when we look at the scripture, we're in a covenant that requires something of that from us. You know, I hear preachers mostly talking about all the goodies God will give us, but they leave out the requirement. You know, a covenant has conditions that both parties meet. We know that Jesus has already done everything he needed to do to guarantee our covenant with the Heavenly Father. He is our guarantor. So we know because of Jesus, we have access to everything that the Heavenly Father promises, but we still have to give the Heavenly Father what it is he wants to work with. So when we look at the Old Testament, we can find out what that is so many times that people today wanna to leave out. It's still a part of our covenant. It lets us know how to live in a way that we know our faithful work, that we know that God is smiling on our life, that he sees our heart and our actions. You know, I've been telling you for weeks now that there should be a, a, an outward showing, an outward manifestation of the inward work, an outward expression, if you will. Today, we're looking at that in a little bit, little bit more depth than what we have in Isaiah 58, because this is descriptive of a covenant that tells us what we do and how God responds. 
He's already guaranteed his response in the covenant. But sadly, we don't guarantee our part. So often we, we sit back and don't realize we have something to do that engages God. Or you might want to think of it this way. It gives him the ability to deliver what he's already established in heaven into our lives while we're here. We know there's no sickness, there's no disease in heaven. We know that in heaven we have no need of the healer because everybody there lives in divine health. We need our healer here. So for healing to come to us, we line up with the kind of life God asks us to live and then our faith in God is strong. When we're not living for Jesus, no matter what it is that, that we're choosing to do apart from him, it affects our faith and it causes doubt and fear to come into our mind. And God's not moved by fear or doubt or need. He's moved by faith. Whenever he perceives faith in the heart, he is looking for what in our lives can he work with to bring about his best and his blessing in our future. That's what we see in Isaiah 58. I have to turn to the side because I've got my notes over here to the side to read these scriptures to you. Isaiah 58, 6, is not this the fast that I have chosen? In other words, it's a, it's a choice on our part. We choose and determine in our heart whether we want to honor God this way or not. But the rewards are staggering and amazing and, and we don't have to worry about them. We don't have to have a mechanical kind of faith. Rather, we have a faith that comes from the heart. And it's demonstrated in our lifestyle and in our actions because there's, there's going to be some things that we do and how we respond and react to God and to people because of something we're allowing God to do in our hearts as we commune with him, spend time with him. He says, is this not, this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? This is what we do in the, the earth. This is what God can do through us, to loose the bands of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. That's our job. If we choose to live a, a life honoring God, he says those things will happen through our lives. That's an outward show of power because of an inward work of, of us understanding God's authority in our life and our submission to him. Then he says, we'll, we'll do these things. Is it not to deal your bread out to the hungry that you bring the poor that are cast out into your house? When you see somebody without clothes, you cover him and that you don't hide, you don't hide yourself from your own flesh. In other words, you don't sulk and hide in corners because you're, you're ashamed and you don't run from need. It literally says we have the ability and we become more generous. You've heard me talk about generosity being a, an outward manifestation of an inward work. Here that is again, particularly our generosity toward God and toward others. There's great reward in choosing this fasted life. Really, all the rest of these passages are about the reward and our right actions that gives God what he needs to work with. We can think about this while we're at home. We can think about this when we're not feeling well. We can think about this when riding in the vehicle. I like to meditate on things like this, and it, it keeps me in right order, right check. It keeps my life from getting in chaos, and my priorities will be right. So I want to encourage you that this, this is a way to keep ourselves in right standing and right pleasing with God because we're, we're, we're living in a way that it just flows out of our heart. You know, I've heard for years and I subscribe to the thinking that anyone's ministry should flow from their innermost being, should come right up out of their heart. It's not mechanical. You know, we start out hearing the word and then choosing to do it kind of step by step by step. And that's one way to get started. 
But the real way we're to live is to live with a whole heart toward God where there's just a flow of right thinking and right activity in our life, right actions, because we've studied and we know what the scripture says. Scripture tells us we're to study to show ourselves approved of God, a workman that needs not be ashamed. And, and where we'll not be ashamed is the results will flow into our lives if we get a hold of what the scripture says. So this isn't all for nothing. This is really what it's all about and God's design in our lives while we're here. He says, then shall your light break forth as the morning and your health will spring forth speedily. In other words, if you're not healthy, you're going to get healthy. So there's great reward in choosing the right focus in uh, a fasted life. And that means we deny ourselves some things to give God everything. That's what it means. And your health will spring forth speedily and your righteousness will go before you. And the glory or the honor and abundance of the Lord shall follow you and, and will be what you gather up and take away. In other words, God's saying that, that, that he will respond by giving us revelation, we'll have clear direction, our health will spring forth. In other words, if, if health isn't springing forth from you today, it's about to. It's a promise of God that, that it will spring forth again. It's coming from the inside of you. It's coming from your innermost being is what scripture says, where there's wells of living water. So health comes from that place to drive out all the sickness today. And your righteousness shall go before you. In other words, he's saying that there will be a, a force of power unseen. There will be a, a dynamic force field around you that as you live this way, the, the favor, the blessing, the goodness of God, the glory of God is going to go before you. And it says that there will be a re-reward is what the King James says. And that literally means that, that it's, it's what you gather as a takeaway from that experience. So what happens is we have an in-gathering because we're living this way, a constant in-gathering. I know at times, uh, you know, when, when we do offering and giving, we talk a lot about sowing and reaping because it's, it's a law of the earth that God put in motion that he can bless us. But there's a spiritual law from the heart that, that I believe eclipses that and encompasses that. It's included. And it's this law we're talking about, the, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. It means if I live for Jesus the way the Bible says, I will have abundance, I will have blessing, I will have health, I will have revelation. And I want you to have that. Today's kind of like uh, an injection, or you can think of an, an IV drip into your system to bring about uh, better health and wellness and goodness and an upward focus and an encouragement today. I want you to be encouraged uh, above all things today. But he says, we will gather a takeaway. That means God will cause things to be uh, to come before us in life that we gather up and pick up as we go, rather than than being so concerned about how needs will be met. We seem to have them almost placed in our path where God's provision becomes more evident. I don't know anybody that can't benefit from that. You know, everybody on the news is talking about all the uncertainty in the future. And if you look just to the plans of man, yeah, everything looks really shaky, but the plan of God is not shaky in any way. It's steadfast, it's secure, and it's a matter of us lining up with God and giving him what he needs to work with so he can get to us what we need to do his work, to live for him, to do kingdom business. So I think about the kingdom of God. I think this is our fit into the kingdom. This is how God intends for life to work for us. 
It's simply what he has in mind. There's a lot of additional provision here, and I want to walk through this. He says, when you shall call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, here I am. So there's a, a surefire way to have direction from him and to hear his voice is just to live simply in these ways that please him. I'm going to finish out these verses because it, it tells us some things about our behavior, particularly talking to Christians about being careful what we point out as the flaws of others. And we know Jesus taught that in the New Testament, but uh, his teaching in the New Testament, understand, was, was coming from his understanding of the Old Testament and the Old Covenant. Jesus just made it easier for us to live right because he lives in our heart. He's our model and our guide. He said, if you will take away from the midst of your, yourselves the yoke, in other words, we don't do anything to put a burden on somebody else. We don't lay blame. We don't, we don't, uh, we're not hard on anybody or lay a heavy burden on anybody. He said, uh, take away the putting forth of the finger. That literally means we don't point out somebody else's indiscretion, somebody else's sin, somebody else's problem. We don't accuse anybody of, of anything, even, even if it seems like there's something really going wrong. We don't point the finger at one another. God doesn't like tattletales in his family. And you put away speaking vanity. That means we don't, we don't talk about ourselves in some way as if we're some mighty person or somebody great. We recognize Jesus as the great one in our lives. He said, and then if you will draw out of your own soul to the hungry, that doesn't mean just help people who need food. It literally means when we perceive somebody needing love, needing attention, needing uh, a good word, that we'll take the time to draw something out of the inside to, to bless somebody else. He said, if you will satisfy the afflicted soul. Well, somebody that's afflicted just simply means they're tormented by something. I know we're really good at this when we have little children, when they're tormenting, calming them down and reassuring them and holding them. That's the kind of picture that he's saying we're, we're to do here. Then he says, then your light will rise out of nowhere, out of obscurity. In other words, you're going to have revelation. You're going to have direction. You're going to know what to do next if you're having to make decisions because out of the blue, it literally means out of obscurity, out of nowhere, light's going to come to you and any darkness around you will suddenly become as bright as noonday. In other words, all the doubt, all the distractions will disappear because you're going to know what the plan of God and will of God is. I love moments like that because answers come in a flash that have taken a long time considering. That's what he promises. He says, and the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy your drought when everybody else is dried out. He said in the drought, in the dry places, he'll satisfy, he'll satisfy you, your soul and, and make fat your bones. That just means you're going to have a uh, your youth renewed. It literally means you're going to have uh, the work of the bone marrow is going to go in overtime and you're going to have uh, a revitalized blood system and be free of infection and be free of disease. It's literally talking about our physical health and well-being and a strength and vitality. There, there's days where I'm not feeling that when I get up that I literally say, Lord, thank you for, for giving me that vitality today. And I know that he does. I, I believe what this says is absolutely true. He said, and the Lord will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, make fat your bones. That means make, make, make all the systems work and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. 
spent a lot of time watering garden this summer and uh, Brock Phillips helped me water garden. My daughter Alyssa helped me water garden and I watered the garden and, and uh, it made all the difference in the world. We've canned hundreds and hundreds of quarts of vegetables this year just because we like. We like the organic homegrown stuff and I only do that, I don't know, every five years I think or six that I grow a big garden like that, but we did it this year. And the well never failed and the garden was successful and people would come off the highway to look to see what that was back there and look at the garden. And I'm not bragging on me, just the effect of water, having water when uh, other people weren't watering we did, made all the difference. So we can expect God to look at our lives the same way when things are drying up around us in any way, in any part of life. He says he'll bring the water to our solution, to our situation and give us the right solution. Give us the answer. Give us the fruitfulness we need. Give us the abundance that we need. And uh, I like that picture. It's real to me. So see yourself that way as God's well-watered garden. He said he will do it if we honor him in looking at other people and doing the works of Jesus. You know, I hear a lot of phrases today where people are trying to describe a, a church that reaches out, a Christian life that is not so self-focused. And that's what this whole passage is about, to not, not use our relationship with God to try to have needs met or to reassure ourselves or, or in, in any way benefit ourselves first, but to live to benefit others and be like Jesus to others, trusting God will do his part and bring the water to our drought and be the health, be the health to our bodies and be provision in every way to our lives. He wants us to see that it's his promise to us and we're not working a system. When I think of the kingdom of God, it is God's way of doing things or a kind of system, but it all comes from the work of Jesus in our hearts and if we're letting him work in our heart. Today, if you're listening because we can't have church, obviously there's a place in your heart to come together and have church. Obviously there's a hunger and a thirst for him that you're looking to meet today. Obviously you want to honor the Lord somehow or you just be laying back relaxing with nobody knowing the difference, but instead you recognize something. Jesus is real enough in your hearts and in our hearts that we know we wanna please him. And we know we do that by, by gathering together and hearing his word and then determining, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do something with that and give God something to work with in my heart. Well, we've just got a little bit while more to go here. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in, and those associated with you will build the old waste places and you will raise up the foundations of many generations. What's he talking about there? He's literally talking about our ability to produce the kingdom of God in the earth, things that seem to have passed away. You know, we're going to be able to repair and restore and bring back. Well, I hang on to this as your pastor because I look at all the stuff that's happened in the church world the last 30 or 40 years, and I long for more of God in the lives of people. I long for uh, more of a, a real relationship with the Holy Spirit of God in our lives because we operate in authority, and then he comes and delivers with power, the power of God. I experienced that still some, but I remember there being days where it was much more glorious, 
than it seems to be now across the board in all Christianity. And I know most pastors like me long for a move of God like that. I call it an awakening and a great revival that's coming. I believe this is the promise of that that I find in Isaiah. will be called the repair of the breach. That means where there's a big gap right now, we're going to come together with both ends and we're going to fill the gap. It also says we're the restore of paths to dwell and it means we're going to bring back the popularity and the desire to live a lifestyle that's pleasing to God. It isn't just the preacher's job, it's our job personally, each person in covenant with God to understand we, we're, we're repairing some things. We're restoring the way, the, the, the highway of holiness is what the Bible calls it in another passage, that we are living demonstration of how Jesus wants people to live so others will come on that same highway and begin to live for him. And it's literally the road that takes us to heaven. It's literally the path to, to what he calls the straight and narrow way. Literally in another passage, it's a highway that we get on and we invite others to be a part of. So as we live this lifestyle, as we choose to honor God by denying ourselves, he doesn't really ask for a lot. He asks that we deny ourselves just enough to keep him first, to have a focus on him. Sometimes our, our physical focus is redirected when we fast food. Uh, we stop. It doesn't mean go to McDonald's. It means don't eat any food. When we fast our food, it causes our body to long for food and we think we're just going to die of starvation. But the discipline is to show us how dominated by our physical bodies and our thought life we really are. And to step back from that for a minute and say, okay, God, I'm not going to just be living for me, taking care of me. I want to live for you and let you take care of me. He can do so much better job at taking care of us than we ever can on our, our own. Final thought, God wants uh, our, our first focus every week. You're doing that today by honoring God on the Sabbath. And uh, people today, I think, have largely lost sight of how important that is because it's included in our covenant, part of what we are to do. It's why I fight so hard for us to have services, even in, in, in conditions being not ideal, to have some kind of service and uh, gathering together as soon as we can again. So today is a substitute, no long-term solution, no long-term goal, because he wants us to be together. It gives him pleasure to honor him in, in the way he asks. So this is how he, he finishes up Isaiah 58. If you turn away from doing your own pleasure on the Sabbath, and then he calls it his holy day, and you call the Sabbath a delight. In other words, we're not like, oh no, it's another Sunday. I've got to go to church. And I've got to do my God thing and put in my God time and put on my smiley face. That isn't the attitude he's looking for. It's when we turn it into a delight and it's the thing we look forward to the most every week. So, well, that's the job of the preacher. Well, I know most people think it's the, the preacher's job to, to do certain things that qualify everybody else. But this is, this is how we all please God on the Sabbath by not doing our own thing, not doing our own pleasure. It's a day to guard against doing pleasure because it takes away from a God focus. It's kind of like when I'm really, really hungry for something good, I can eat cabbage or I can choose something that would give me more pleasure. Much of the time I better eat the cabbage or I'm gonna get in trouble with too much pleasure. 
And that's just one of the principles of serving God in the kingdom. And I know today's not a pleasure if you're sick and at home, but it's a good day to kind of refocus and, and put our heart and mind back on God again. So he says the Sabbath is important to him. It's meant to be the first. It's meant to be the gathering. It's meant to be his it's meant to be a denying of ourself and giving him what is due him. In other words, it's it's a way of showing our respect. In the Old Testament, they would have thought it's kind of like paying your dues. Jesus paid our dues. Now it's showing our respect to him. He paid the price. Now we voluntarily show respect that he loves us and paid the price for us and gave his life for us. He says, if you'll call the Sabbath a delight and the holy of the Lord and keep it honorable and honor him, not doing your own ways or finding your own pleasure. It's easy to find our own pleasure. We can do that any day of the week or speaking your own words. In other words, we're supposed to be dominated by God's words on the Sabbath and not our own. It's a day to reflect on what he has to say to us and not what we have to say to him. It's a day to not really focus largely on communicating with one another as much as we commune with him. It's our day to talk to God, in other words. And as we engage him, he's going to renew our mind and speak things back into us that change our future. A God focus will literally transform our future and make it better. There will be more takeaway in your relationship with God. He said that we will take away much more out of our relationship if we just uh, meet his desire and his prerequisite. He says, then, then this, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, if we're not doing the Sabbath his way, we're not delighting ourselves in the Lord and we've not met his condition. I know someone say, well, that's Old Testament. No, it's both covenants. He wants to be worshiped. And this is how he tells us to worship him. He said, then you will call, then you will delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride upon or dominate the high places of the earth. In other words, you're going to, you're going to see a life transformed to come out of obscurity, to come into prosperity, to come into promotion, to come into leadership, you know, to come into any of those things. There's a responsibility that we take. We take responsibility in the natural realm and uh, we see reward in that. With God, it works the same way. If we take responsibility to honor him in the way that he says and keep a life focus on him, particularly Sunday being about communing with the Lord and honoring him, he said, then he's going to elevate us. He's going to change the future into something much better than we would have had any other way. He has the ability, yes, but he also has the desire to do this. It's what's very much on his heart. And then he promises it. He said, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. In other words, he's made a decree. He's made a declaration over our lives that things will get better and better if we'll honor him in this way. Today, I wanted to bring something to you that I consider a classic in the scripture something that will be easy to comprehend and grab a hold of that that really expresses our our lives having an outward manifestation an outward flow an outward showing of what's happening on the inside i hate it when i'm around somebody and i think there's just nothing happening there there are moments in our lives we might feel that way but when we look at the bigger picture when we pull back a week at a time because god broke things down into weeks 
if we'll pull back a week at a time, we should have some takeaway in our relationship with the master. That's what he wants. He wants Christians to have a showing of our relationship and the investment we've made in our relationship with the Lord. I'm not preaching a blind prosperity here, but one that is absolutely a kingdom plan and a kingdom way because we're doing the master's work. He says he will transform our future and we'll have so much more to gain, so much more to take away. That's what he wants for you today. I wanna to pray with you before we go and understand Lucinda and I are praying for you. If you wanna communicate something with us, shoot us a text, make a phone call, shoot me an email. I check email all the time. I'm still, I'm old school and I'm not real techy, but I do email. So if you wanna communicate with us, that's a really easy way. We're, we're not gonna be decorating at church this Sunday, I want to or this Wednesday night, I wanna throw that out. We're gonna roll it back a week just because of all the, the activity and people at home right now. So we'll bring more information out to you about that as next week progresses. But Wednesday night, no decorating, and I anticipate there as well, no service in the building, but we'll, we'll broadcast something the same way and then hope to be back together by the following Sunday. At least that's what's in my heart. We're taking one day at a time, just like you are, and uh, follow medical advice. Uh, do the quarantine if you've had exposure. And we're going to get through this thing and on the other side because no thing can by any means hurt us. You say, well, I'm hurting right now. Hurt means to take away quality of life. This is a short-term thing, and Jesus is our healer. Let me pray with you this morning. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you for everybody listening today. Father, for those that will hear this message even after the fact. Heavenly Father, I ask your healing hand come upon them, your tangible presence come upon every person listening. Father, to make us well and keep us well. Jesus, we thank you for being our healer. Heavenly Father, we know by Jesus' stripes we've already been healed, so we receive that by faith and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for those in a recovery phase that they will recover speedily and quickly, that there will be no lasting damage, no no, no loss of any kind, that nothing shall by any means hurt us in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your peace that passes all understanding to come into every heart and every mind right now for every concern with the workplace where people can't go to work. Father, I thank you for preserving their position. Father, I thank you for a benevolent heart and, and uh, a benefactor's attitude in the employer's heart toward every person. Father, that we have favor, that we see no sustained loss in the bigger picture. That, Father, what the enemy meant for harm will be turned around for the good right now in Jesus' name. That we'll not be lacking any good thing because we choose to live the way Isaiah 58 says, and you call us the upright. We choose to walk uprightly in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus and will not be bowed over, will not be bowed down by a temporary situation or setback, but we will rise up out of obscurity. And Father, you'll cause our life to come into a place of dominance yet again. Father, we will dominate COVID, flu, COVID and flu and any other kind of sickness or disease. Father, we will see your sustained increase in our lives no matter what's happening in the natural. Father, we rebuke the chaos and the confusion that's in the world. We'll not soak it in and absorb it 
through the news and other media outlets, but rather we set our heart and our affection first on you today. Father, I ask that you help every family have a meaningful devotion and prayer time together to encourage one another, to talk about the best they see in each other, to build up and not tear down, Father, to, to become a strong fortress as a family today. Father, I thank you for doing all of that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Lucinda and I love you. We look forward to talking to you again soon. I hope it's in person as quick as we can and get well. God loves you. We love you too. See you soon. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org. You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of his word.